Pivot with Purpose, a podcast that highlights the unique stories of professionals that pivoted their careers to align with their work lives and personal lives more purposefully and with more joy. Pivot with Purpose is hosted by Megan Hull, a globally accredited career and business coach and creator of the Megan Hull Method. Welcome back to the Pivot with Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hool, and in this episode, we talk to Lynn Power, CEO and co-founder of the direct-to-consumer clean beauty premium hair care brand, Masami. Thank you for listening to Pivot with Purpose with host Megan Hool. You can find out more information about each guest, including full transcripts at pivotwithpurposepodcast.com. And if you'd like to share your own Pivot with Purpose, click on the share button and add your story to the conversation. Finally, be sure to subscribe and share your comments wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Your support amplifies our voice. And now, this week's episode. Lynn has spent much of her 30-year career running and transforming agency brands. She has expertise in transforming organizations from top to bottom, including capabilities, organizational structure, talent, and culture. She recently left the big agency world to create Masami, a premium clean hair care brand which launched in February 2020. Prior to her entrepreneurial move, Lynn was the CEO of J. Walter Thompson, New York, responsible for the flagship office of WPP's $1.5 billion iconic agency, the oldest advertising agency in the world. Throughout her career, Lynn has had great fortune of working with some of the world's most well-known brands, including Listerine, American Express, Clinique, Hershey's, Pizza Hut, and Wild Turkey. Lynn believes that business success relies on building a team that respects and nurtures ideas, as well as the people who create them. She believes in moving at the speed of culture, eliminating barriers, and helping women find their voices. Lynn Power, welcome to the Pivot with Purpose podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Megan. It's really great to be here. Yay. Well, I'm so excited <laughs> to dive into our conversation. As I know for you, coming from a long-standing career as an advertising executive to your entrepreneurial pivot, we're now leading some D2C brands. We're excited to share what those successful pivots have looked like for you and your story with our listeners. But always before I get started, I'd love to ease into our conversation and share a little inside look into our guests, maybe what you love, some of their other passions beyond work to get us started. So tell us, Lynn, what are you enjoying doing this summer? I hope you can make sure to take time for breaks. You better be taking breaks. <laughs> oh, I know. Breaks are so important. I agree yeah. with you because otherwise you get burned out and that's no fun. But I'm actually really enjoying my entrepreneurial life. I know it sounds sort of lame to say that I like to work. When you work with people that you love and people you trust, it makes it fun. I've been really enjoying it, but I will give you a real answer. I've been trying to be healthier, right? I'm 54. Mm -hmm. I started this career pivot later in life. Stuff starts to get creaky <laughs> and you just, you've got to stay on top of it. So I've been doing yeah. yoga mm -hmm. and I've been swimming and that's been really quite helpful, I will say, although I'm sore all the time. Uh, well, swimming is hard. 
like swimming. That's a good workout, but that's definitely tough. And what a great time. Do you have a pool or a lake or the beach? Like where's your swim? When I'm not on the East Coast, I'm on the yeah. West Coast and yeah. I'm in Palm Springs where we have a pool oh, and that so makes nice. it just super easy. Now, yeah. of course, it's been 117 degrees oh there, but yeah. the pool is nice. That's been a nice routine. Yeah. And then I don't feel so guilty about a glass of wine later. No. It all kind of balances out. Yeah. And I feel like it's, to your point earlier, self-care to mm-hmm. kind of do things to sort of recharge and reset yourself. And that's so important for anyone. It really is. Well, thank you for that. And I think at any age, we, we creak, Lynn, so I'm right there with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it does get worse as you get a little older, just saying. But staying active really helps. That's awesome. Well, good for you. And love that you're in Palm Springs. We'll have to come out there and visit. I will definitely enjoy some wine with you. On that, (laughs) we could talk about wine for like hours here. But this is a pivot podcast. On to your pivot story, where so many career professionals are truly always looking for that potential next pivot, growing their careers. I mean, it's the heart and soul of what we talk about here on the podcast. You've had a quite impressive career journey. Talk to us a little bit about where you started off in your career in advertising and how do you feel like your experience with that led to the successful pivot into entrepreneurship? Yeah, I think in my case, it feels in hindsight, at least like a somewhat natural evolution I started in advertising back in the late 80s. God, I'm older than I realized. And I started as a receptionist at an ad agency and really loved the culture and loved this idea that you could use creativity as a business tool. And I also love the diversity of working on lots of different businesses when you work in advertising because Mm -hmm. you just never get bored. I mean, I started and I worked on Pizza Hut and then I went and worked on American yeah, Express. Love Pizza Hut, right? I remember know, how right? good Pizza Hut used to be? Pizza Hut's probably still good. But remember, like, the breadsticks, like, the yeah. Friday nights. Like, that's what you look forward to. Love it. Well, it's funny because mm-hmm. back then when I worked on it, they were sort of going through a crisis of trying to figure out how to reinvent themselves, which they've been on for 30 years. <laughs> right. Like, they still haven't yeah. quite figured it out. But nonetheless, yeah. Pizza Hut. And then I got to work on American Express and Illinois Tourism Mm-hmm. And then I worked on P&G and L'Oreal and Gillette and just interesting brands. I got to launch a lot of brands. I got to meet a lot of celebrities. Like you just do interesting things in advertising. And I liked the pace. It's fast. You work hard, but you get stuff done mm-hmm. and you learn a lot because if you really act like a sponge, you can absorb a lot about your client's business, which obviously is helping me now immensely because you really pick up a lot of go-to-market strategy. A good client will share a lot with the agency. You really do get a peek under the hood of what's going on in the business. And I am a sponge. I love that. And I've always sort of liked digging in. And after many years in advertising, I've worked my way up to be running agencies. I ran an agency, Arnold, in New York, and it was a smaller creative agency. And it was great. I really loved it until they brought a new CEO in. And that wasn't fun because he was not great. Mm-hmm. But then I went and I was the CEO of J. Walter Thompson, New York. J. Walter Thompson. If anyone's watched Mad Men, you'll have heard of J. Walter Thompson. It was, I, I was going to say it is, but it's no longer around because it merged with another brand. It was the, the oldest ad agency in the world. 
over 150 years old, one of the largest. I kind of worked my way up to this position, and then I realized I did it for four years. I really wasn't enjoying it because all the stuff that I talked about that I loved about the business, I wasn't doing. I was basically an administrator dealing with HR issues. We had a big public lawsuit. I was dealing with the legal team quite regularly. I was just dealing with a lot of not so fun things, at least for me, finance meetings constantly. From there, it just felt like, why am I doing this for other people and not enjoying it? I can take all this experience and do something that will build my own brand which is easier said than done. But mm. nonetheless, that is the journey that I set off on. <laughs> there you are now. Thank you for sharing all of that. And you're right, being a sponge, absorbing things, seeing the opportunities and then saying like, hey, I want to do this on my own. Where did the beauty side of the business come into your pivot? I, I understand it's such a coveted industry. Why beauty? And is that moment when you knew it was time to leave the agency world, really kind of having that urge to jump off and, and do something on your own? Well, it was a little bit more of the universe intervening because I had already made the decision to leave. And I actually had started doing some consulting with startups when I left, like mm -hmm. right like the week I left. It just happened that I met a company that was like, we want to hire you. And I was like, all right, I just left. It's great. I started doing work with startups to really get back to my roots of helping businesses really make an impact, right? And seeing the impact as opposed to working with some of these large companies where they're very bureaucratic. You make suggestions, recommendations, you don't see them for years. And by the time they do them, they're out of date. But I had worked on beauty a bunch throughout my career. It's like I kept going back to it. I'd done L'Oreal, I'd worked on Clinique, I'd worked on Vichy, La Roche-Posay, Nexus, Noxima, some really iconic beauty brands. But of course now with my clean beauty hat, many of those actually had bad stuff in them. Now I look at those brands and I'm like, oh, they're just yeah. toxic. But I loved the beauty industry because it's this interesting blend of rational and emotional. Mm -hmm. There's the rational cell, which is the proof, the efficacy, the ingredient, the science, whatever you want to call it. And then there's the emotional side, which is very much like the hope in a bottle, right? This idea of transforming yourself or just bringing out your inner beauty. And I really liked that sort of duality. And I'm a beauty junkie too. It doesn't look like it now, but I am. I use a lot of products that my cabinet is overflowing with stuff. Same. I've always gravitated to the industry. I've worked on a lot of hair care also. Mm -hmm. And then it just happened that my husband was working with my co-founder. Awesome. And I hadn't met James before, but James had basically pulled my husband aside and said, hey, I've been working on these hair care formulations for 10 years, and I think I have them ready to go to market, but I don't know what to do. And Bill was like, well, I don't know anything about beauty, but my wife does. Mm -hmm. He connected us. I was very cynical about it because a lot of the people Bill has introduced me to in the past have not worked out so well. I was sort of like, fine, I'll meet with them. I just figured it's just a waste of a couple hours, but whatever. He came over to my apartment for dinner with his husband, Masa. Masa's our muse and hence mm -hmm. our name, Masami. And they love my dogs, which was always a good sign because I'm a dog person for sure. Mm. And Aww. if anyone, if anyone <laughs> loves dogs, then I'm like, okay, they're good in my book. And actually, yes. 
Animal lovers, yes, we, we love all animal lovers. We love animal <laughs> lovers, but it's actually more important <laughs> yeah. that my dogs like them, right? Oh, like, yes, my it's dogs, always a testament. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are good at sensing, like, the good ones and the bad. Yeah, they know. Yeah. Anyways, my dogs liked them, and I was like, that's good. And then they told me the story of basically how they've been working on these formulations. Really, James, over a decade, he found this ingredient in Masa's hometown in Japan, mm-hmm. in Atsushi, mm-hmm. which mm. is this Japanese ocean botanical, it's a seaweed that's super nutritious, and they eat it, but they use it in their skincare and hair care. They grind it up, and it acts like a sponge to bring hydration, mm-hmm. and hydration is just one of the most essential needs for your body, mm-hmm. for your skin, for your hair, and so... James started playing around with this ingredient and he found a chemist in Chicago who happens to be just absolutely amazing. And he had kind of figured out how to create these clean formulas without the sulfates, without the parabens, without the phthalates, but adding in good ingredients and still being really high performing. And I was kind of blown away because that's really hard to do. Like Mm -hmm. I've worked with large companies, corporations that couldn't figure it out. I was the benefit of his 10 years of work because when we met, we're very complimentary. I mean, I don't know how to make hair care formulations and he doesn't know how to do the stuff I do, the branding, the go-to-market strategy, the digital, all the marketing, distribution, et cetera. It's actually been a fantastic partnership. He gave me products to try. I love them. We decided to go into business together. And from there, we've been off and running. That's awesome. Oh, I love that story. Masami, I mean, that is where you're at now. And we're going to dive into that pivot because I want to ask you a little bit more about the brand and all that you're running. But in the spirit of the podcast, I like to leave a little teaser and then we go to a quick break. I'm going to ask you a yes or no question and we'll go from there. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. So yes or no. Thinking and knowing you have so much passion now for where you are and throughout your career, do you think it's important for someone looking to career pivot to love or have passion for a brand or a product they're aligning with? Yes, absolutely. Perfect. Well, thank you for that. And we'll be going to a quick break and we will pick this up when we get back. Lynn, before the break, you said yes. Why do you think it's important for someone to have love or passion for product or brand they're joining really beyond checking the boxes from a business or skill set point of view, which I know is also important? Yeah, I mean, I think it's absolutely critical because, first of all, you're invested, right? Like if you're joining an entrepreneurial team or, frankly, any business it's a huge part of your life. I wish it was eight hours a day, but most of the time it's like 12 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And why would you want to do that for a brand that you didn't love or believe in? I just feel like the idea of aligning your passion with your work is, it just makes it easier. It makes life easier. It just makes it more fun. Like I said, it doesn't feel as much like work if you're diving into the category and the competitors and just trying to understand the business if it's already a business that you're interested in, you know? Right. I've been having this debate this week, as as you know, working also as a full-time recruiter and doing some coaching with careers and professionals. If you can't articulate your why, if you can't get beyond a brand, sure, you can check the boxes, 
But I think at the end of the day, that's really what seals the deal of getting hired, aligning yourself with product or a mission that you really appreciate. And, you know, we all work so hard, right? You want to work for something that you really enjoy. Absolutely. Would you hire someone who you feel like could make your brand a, a bunch of money, but they couldn't articulate why they wanted to work for you? That would be hard because, yeah. I mean, they've got to have a reason. Because the yeah. other side of it is like, if somebody's coming to work on my team, it's mm-hmm. got to be a mutually beneficial relationship, right? Right. I want certain things out of them, but then I also want to understand what they need. Because if they're only going to come in and do the job for three months and then leave, well, that's not good. It's almost worse because yeah. then I'm starting over. So right. I always feel like somebody's got to be able to articulate why they want to be there, what they mm-hmm. want to get out of it, what they aspire to do. Because then if I'm like, wow, that's really aligned with what I'm doing. And now that I know that your desire is to get into whatever content strategy or um, digital acquisition, I can start to push work towards you that mm-hmm. meets those goals. Yeah. But if I don't know, because the person can't articulate like why they're even there, then yeah. it's like, then it's hard because then you don't know if you're actually creating something where they're going to be satisfied and they're learning and they're growing. I'd much rather have those conversations up front mm-hmm. before you get like in it. And then right. you realize, oh, maybe it's not the best fit, you know? Right. Yeah. You're checking the boxes, but everything has to align. So tell us more about where you're at your current business, this clean beauty, direct to consumer hair care offering. I know you talked a little bit about how you got involved, but tell us more about the brand story and what you guys are up to. As you said, clean hair care, we have this Japanese ocean botanical called Mikabu. The cool thing about it is it gives you weightless hydration. It doesn't weigh your hair down, but it Mm -hmm. solves your biggest hair issue, which is hydration. So we launched at New York Fashion Week in February of 2020. And it was interesting. And this is another thing about career pivot is that working in a corporate environment, it's pretty predictable. I mean, yes, there are client fires and there are always things that happen, but your job in general is pretty predictable. Working in an entrepreneurial environment is not because who would have seen, obviously, what happened with COVID and a big part of our business plan revolved around salons, which Mm -hmm. were closed. Mm -hmm. So for someone like me, who's pretty type A control, Mm -hmm. I had to really learn to let go and to try to just control the things I could, which was a very small (laughs) amount of things. I can control my content. I control my customer experience. I can control our messaging, but I can't make salons open up. You know what I mean? So having to take a step back and, and kind of have empathy for what everyone else is going through. As much as I'm trying to grow my business, other people are just trying to stay in business, right? Yeah. That's part of it too. I definitely think like... You just have to sort of let go a bit and just be open to, we're talking about career pivot, but business pivot too. Like basically whatever comes your way, you got to be flexible and be able to kind of deal with it and and then move on. Because we had also, we had things happen that I would have never predicted like not good things either. Like we had packaging that was delayed by months stuck on a boat because of COVID, couldn't get into the U.S. Like there were just lots of those kinds of issues where you just literally go, oh my God, no, not another thing like that. And like I said, there's really nothing you can do about it. You just have to kind of like 
This is where the yoga and the swimming really helps. Right. <laughs> Take deep breaths <laughs> and then, like focus on what you can control. Absolutely. Do some self-care. What else do you love most about being an entrepreneur? Well, I love the flexibility of not having to go into an office and working the hours I want to work. And if I want to take a hike in the middle of the day, I can go yes. take a hike. In the, just mm-hmm. being able to just do stuff. And I have now come to the conclusion in my old age that um, blending my work and my personal life works for me in mm-hmm. a much better way than compartmentalizing or even balancing. People talk about that, which I find is a very elusive term. But when I say blending, I mean like I work with my friends. I drag my kids into my business. Yeah. Um, my daughter helps me. Actually, I have another business, which is a luxury bee-powered home fragrance company. My daughter's helping me with that. It's been nice to have that kind of blending because it makes both sides easier, if that makes right. sense. Yeah. It becomes a family affair. We had another entrepreneurial spirit like you on the podcast this season who has kind of pulled her kids (laughs) into a business and you get them like working and appreciating work at a young age. I think it's important. They see their parents really committing and loving what they do. It sets some good foundations in them as well. And yes, we love the flexibility. Not everybody has that, but I think a little bit last year, some of us working from home or like, oh, we can take a break during the day or get outside and walk. And it's important as we said in the beginning. Absolutely. Take yeah. those breaks. But what other brands are you working with? I know you just mentioned the Bee Powered Candle, which I love. And I feel like you've got a cult mm-hmm. following there too. But any other brands you're working with that you're really excited about? Tell us about some of your other ventures. Well, one of the cool things that we've done over the last year is we've partnered with other like-minded brands. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say it's a pragmatic marketing tactic Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's a strategic one because a lot of us small business owners, female founders, indie brands, we're all in the same boat. There's a bunch of brands now that I know that have launched right around the time we did, and we're all kind of dealing with the same stuff. Why not try to help each other? The cool thing is, like, I found a bunch of brands that have led to more brands that have led to more partnerships Mm -hmm. and... Not all of them have been awesome, but 90% have been absolutely great. And we found brands that share our values, brands that embrace diversity, inclusivity, like we're gender neutral, which to me is like a just a more modern way to market your brand. We're very much about ocean and sustainability. There's a brand right now that we're partnering with called Access 79. They're awesome. They're a fine jewelry brand that's sustainable. Mm. They work with a lot of female designers. Their materials are all ethically sourced, and it's very much sort of a customized experience. And it's all about kind of like, don't wait for somebody to buy you a bracelet or whatever you want. Just mm-hmm. do it. <laughs> Get it for yourself. Buy it. Yeah. <laughs> I just really like that. We've been working with them. And when I say working with them, like we'll do a giveaway, we'll do interviews, like live streaming, blog mm-hmm. posts, share each other's discount codes. Yeah. It is nice because yeah. it's all stuff that like, it doesn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. And I just think there's this, I know it's going to sound a little cheesy, but karmic generosity, where if you just sort of have the spirit of going into it, not thinking of what you're going to get out of it, but thinking of how you can help the other brand, 
it'll come back and you're going to end up feeling really good about that partnership. We've got a bunch of them. We work with Romer Skincare a lot. They're another gender neutral, simple, clean skincare brand that now I have my kids using. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, and there's another one called The Sexiest Beauty. Oh, my God. I can't wait to look up all these. We'll have to link them okay, as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they make the craziest, best lip mask mm. like ever. Okay. Ever. Definitely I, looking them up after this. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. I love this product. And I've said to the founder, like, I'm going to have to just buy, like, a case of it because if you ever change the formula right. or, you know, yeah, you're like, it's run out of the it. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's <laughs> really, happens. really good. Um, mm-hmm. I love that product. Then I've got this other brand that we've been working with called Impact Naturals, which is a CBD supplement brand. Yeah. Cool. Oh my God. Cause I have trouble sleeping now. Me too. Yep. Me too. And this is the, I've tried a lot of different sleep tricks and a lot of different supplements and products like gummies and the THC stuff and whatever, but the, these impact naturals sleep, their CBD, they Mm -hmm. actually work really well. Okay. And I don't have any weird, like with a lot of the other products, I'd wake up with like a dry mouth or I'd Mm -hmm. wake up like four hours later. This product is like, it just feels clean. Like you just don't even, it it just works. Mm -hmm. I've been now, um, giving it to everyone I know because everyone I know has trouble sleeping these days. I feel like it's hard to shut down our brains, especially owning businesses and working. I feel like we're connected more than ever. It's tough to shut down. If you don't have a good nighttime routine, usually I don't. Um, Then you lay awake and those are the best times where ideas come to my mind. I'm like, geez, (laughs) no, just let me sleep. Oh, I can't wait to check that out. But you're right. It's like you want to shut down. But then to your point, your brain is still going. But I think sleep is so important that Like I've tried to just really prioritize getting a good night's sleep and this has worked for me. And it's so beautiful. I mean, those partnerships, the synergy, like you said, good karma, not seeing people as competition, really lifting each other up and supporting um, each other in this space and especially beauty, fashion, jewelry, all intertwined. We can all work harmoniously together. Well, thank you for sharing all that. Again, I know we talked about pivoting at any age. You certainly have had some really impressive pivots. Do you think that at any point, at any time, like there's not a timeline, not an age where someone can start to change careers or become an entrepreneurial spirit to get a new business idea off the ground? Do you think someone can truly pivot at any age? I do. Absolutely. I think there are plenty of examples of teenagers, 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds starting businesses. So there's that. But a lot of the brands that I just mentioned, they're older founders like me. Oh, and Mm -hmm. there's another one that I have to mention, Elaine Wellness, which is a collagen brand. Mm. She's also in her 50s and she started this brand. And the thing I love about these brands is like she put a lot of work into the quality of the products to really make sure that she's getting the best collagen and the best efficacy. And she had her own health issues and it really worked for her. There's something about being an older founder where you're bringing more of your personal story into it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times these businesses come from a founder's own frustration or their own issues that they've had. And also, like I said, it took us 10 years to make our formulas. I guess theoretically you could start when you're 16 and then launch the business when you're 26. But I do think being an older founder in a lot of ways actually has helped because I just think we're resilient. 
We have experience. We can make decisions really fast. We don't sweat all the management stuff like a lot of the younger founders that I work with or I know just through Betaworks and through other places. They're worried about building a team, giving feedback, finding right. a partner, things that are more like I've done it a gazillion times. So I just think it's like different in terms of the skill sets. But I think older founders, actually, there's a lot of studies now that have come out. There's a Wharton study. Older founders are more successful. I think they said the average age of success is 45. Mm-hmm. When I hear of somebody thinking about pivoting in their in their 40s or 50s or 60s, I mean, I work with an e-commerce platform. The woman that started it is in her 60s. I just say go for it because, look, you're not getting any younger. You've got all this experience. <laughs> it's like you really shouldn't feel like you're being held back. I mean, there is ageism. Yeah, yeah I know. But it's tough. Mm-hmm. you just kind of have to ignore that and just prove everyone wrong, I suppose. I think that anytime anyone's sharing a personal vulnerability of like, this is why I brought this brand to life and it works, you're not manufacturing something. You're actually bringing a part of you to life to share a product, you know, that's been super helpful. And I think people really connect with stories as well. Stories come with time and age. And I agree with you. Thank you for sharing that as well. As I know a lot of our listeners career-wise, some are more in that back half of the career and you can start at any age. You can redo at any age. You kind of have to start and trust yourself and keep moving forward. Is there anything you learned at a young age that's really stuck with you throughout your career? Boy, I would say one of the hardest things for me to learn, it's still hard, but I've gotten better at it, is that I'm a natural introvert. And working in the advertising industry, you can't really be an introvert, at least not as like an account person, which is what I was. I was lucky that I had a boss very early in my career that basically would constantly push me out there and would make me present. And even if I was, I was horrible, like really bad at it. And it didn't phase him. He was like, oh, you'll be better next time. And I would be Mm -hmm. like, what? There's a next time? Oh, my God. But learning that skill of like what I call myself as a learned extrovert, it's almost like you're pretending to be extroverted and then you are extroverted. Mm -hmm. That has served me well because honestly, like I said, it's hard to be successful in business if you can't put yourself out there. I know that a lot of other introverts struggle with that too. But you just have to get yourself to a position where you just do it and you're not always comfortable, but you get okay with being uncomfortable. And I'm trying to now kind of teach my daughter some of that same stuff because she's incredibly introverted also. But it's hard. It's like I've learned... And I had somebody kind of pull me through and she's now sort of in that like deer in the headlights, terrified stage of, oh my God, I can't possibly get a job where I have to interact with people. Yes, that's the world we live in. (laughs) Well, she's got a good mentor in you. She's very lucky. Tell us a little bit more about how our listeners can find you, your products, engage with brands. I want to link all the amazing things that you talked about, (laughs) but how can we connect with you and learn more about your products, your partnerships? Where's the best way to find you? Our website is lovemasami.com, L-O-V-E-M-A-S-A-M-I.com. But you can also follow us on all our social channels, which we're on everything, um, Mm -hmm. at Love Masami Hair everywhere. And a lot of times we'll post a lot about our partners on 
all those. You'll see us post giveaways or a blog post, or we might do an Instagram live with one of our, you know, other brand founders and do an interview, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll, it's pretty easy to kind of follow along and see what's, what's what going on. What you guys on. have going on. And then product, especially hair care, so important. The beauty uptick of 2020, it's real. These beauty brands are taking off in the hair care space, especially between hair color and home hair care and having products that really are effective and work, especially in the Northeast where it gets so dry. I mean, I'm a blonde, as you know. So with our hair, you definitely have to take special care. It seems like you have some really amazing products and we can't wait to continue to keep our eye on you and all that you're doing. Thank you, Lynn, so much for all your insight into my hot topics and discussion around your pivots and working with passion and how you can pivot at any stage in life. I'm sure our listeners will be looking to connect with you and maybe join some of your IG lives and all the brands that you support. So I truly wish you continued success and we look forward to keeping our eye on you as well and maybe for future partnerships. So thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. And I would love to actually interview you too. We'll have to think about that. Okay. Well, yes. From one person who loves to talk to another. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, thank you, Lynn. Enjoy Palm Springs and swimming. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Bye. It is time for another Megan Hool Method tip of the week. To our loyal listeners, first of all, thank you for tuning in each week. And this happens to be the season two finale. So 20 episodes in, two seasons later, We are just getting started. I hope you have enjoyed these tips this season as a new addition to our season two. And as I wrap up season two, I wanna talk today about working with passion. I'm gonna say one thing today that I hope really resonates with anyone listening. Stop treating life as a transaction. And specifically in this moment, as it applies to a job and how you align yourself with your next career pivot. From my talk with Lynn Powers in this episode around pivoting from a corporate role to following her ultimate purpose in building brands as an entrepreneur, the underlying theme of her successful pivot was her love and passion for product, people, and experiences she was creating. Hear me out as a point to this message. You can be a top performer. You can make all the money in the world for a brand, check all the boxes on a skills assessment, on a job description, but I assure you, if you show up to an interview, without an ounce of passion or enthusiasm for a brand, and also potentially a chip on your shoulder with claims you can triple their business, yet show no emotional connection as to your why, you will come off aggressive. And I assure you, typically this type of approach does not resonate well with a hiring manager. Now I agree that being able to build a business, drive sales, hit the numbers, see the opportunities and go for them are all great qualities. But why would you ever think about working with a brand, product category, or industry you felt lukewarm about just because you can make sales happen? And on the flip side, how would you feel as a hiring manager interviewing a candidate you felt wasn't a fan of the brand but could make you more money? At the heart of bringing this podcast to life, as a recruiter and a coach who truly cares and want the best for her clients, candidates, and all those who follow my platforms, if I can give you one expert takeaway, do not just go through the motions in your career journey. We spend so much time at work. Do yourself a favor. Work for brands you love, follow your passions, and don't treat life or your career as a transaction. I'm leaving this topic open for discussion, and I would love to hear your feedback after this episode. 
So please, this is an open invitation to message me your thoughts on this topic directly as a DM on Instagram. You can follow us at pivot with purpose underscore podcast or send me a message on LinkedIn. Megan Hool, you know where to find me. I also want to hear from you on what you love about this podcast, what you want to hear more of, or any other topics I can highlight through the Megan Hool Method Tip of the Week. Your support has meant the world to me, and thank you so much for being here with me and my incredible Pivot with Purpose team who make what we do each week a podcast reality. I hope you found all these tips helpful this season, and stay tuned for season three of Pivot with Purpose coming this fall. Pivot with Purpose with host Megan Hull is a Fashion Consort production and part of the FC Podcast Network. It is produced and directed by Phil, a.k.a. Corinne. And a special thank you to Spencer Powell for our theme music. Learn more at pivotwithpurposepodcast.com and be sure to follow us on Instagram at pivotwithpurpose underscore podcast.